sir. 22 rocket on hit. 22. 22 rocket. I can't hear you. 22. I can't hear you. 22. 22 rocket. This is your QB1 of the Dillon Panthers. Your teammates, if they can hear you, they will believe in you. Now you let it out until it hurts. You understand me? 22. 22 rocket. What's your name? Matt Saracen. What you play? QE1. Who do you play for, Saracen? Dillon How much do you want this? How much do you want this? I want it. Then take it. Uh, uh. Oops, 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 oops. I'm cutting up. Alright Panther Nation, it is time to turn on the projector, pull up a folding chair, and let's look over the game film. It is time to go four downs as we go into season two, episodes one through three. Spencer. First down, uh, Julie, Matt, and there's a, a love triangle of sorts. I don't know if we should... I have really, so many problems with this. I don't know if we really should call that, but I mean, this is kind of the start of the first episode of season two where we're introduced to the Swede, this majestic mythical creature that just matt absolutely hates with a passion and julie's very enamored with you know what i i we have to start here i, I have to start here i can't start any uh, any other place he's not swedish yeah he's not he's not, not you know what his name is i do i wrote this down it's alejandro rose garcia he is a he's from austin yeah he's he's the least sweet person he doesn't have an accent they no don't even accent. fake an accent what which is good. Like, I'm glad they didn't. What? Uh, yeah, no, don't force an accent. That's not what I'm arguing. Why did this guy have to be Swedish? I like, what's is that his nickname or? That is, so they say later his name is Anton, which uh. is also, I don't think, a Swedish first name. It might be. I don't know. The writers of season two, and this is going to be a, re- a recurring theme about the writing of season two, it's just not good. He is credited as the Swede. I know. There's no character name for him. It's crazy. I mean, it's Anton is his name. But I know, the, but yeah. like the so if you watch on Amazon Prime, which I love this about Amazon Prime, like yeah. the on you Prime Video, the X-ray. the X-ray thing is yeah. so neat, and I wish that more yep. streaming services did that. But yeah, um, Alejandro Rose Garcia is a musician. Shaky Graves, born in Austin, Texas. He's also appeared in Spy Kids. I saw that. I did not look up. I don't remember his role in Spy Kids. I did not verify. Spy his Kids role. has not aged all that well. I really loved Spy Kids as a as a child. But fun fact about me, yeah, I got advanced uh, screening tickets for Spy Kids too <laughs> by winning a radio contest on the uh, local. I'm not going to get into the local radio station, but it was a radio contest. It was like the eighth caller. I got them. I've never competed in a eighth collar radio contest, but let me 10 year old me would have been extremely jealous of you to get an event, which was it the sequel, the trilogy was it the, it was probably not the original. It was the second one. The second one. I mean, I was, I remember really being really mad when they uh, made a fourth one a few years ago. Cause I felt like they were destroying the sanctity of the trilogy. But then I went back a few weeks ago and watched part of spy kids one. 
doesn't really hold up you know what's destroying the sanctity of dylan texas season two of friday night lights it is <laughs> off to a really bad start in my opinion i actually so i mean obviously this season we'll talk about this throughout all five episodes or six episodes that we do for season two but it's it's taken a lot of heat and it in some of it rightfully so i actually it wasn't as bad as i initially thought going back and rewatching this you know like there's some things that are bad that are obviously regrettable and I'm, you know, I've only, I've, we're, I'm through six episodes. We're only recording one through three today. It's not like completely unsalvageable at this point. I guess I've watched this series so many times and I kind of go back and forth with whether I like it or not. Yeah. Because it does get a lot of flack. Like the, it's the butt of a it's, lot of it's jokes. It's clearly the worst season. I'm oh, not saying that. I know. Yeah. But it's, it's, I, th- at this point for me, it's been watchable so far. This episode, this first episode gets under my skin a little bit. Just this whole story, like the storylines as a whole yeah. don't make a lot of sense to me. And this relationship thing between, between those three or well, yeah. it just, it feels like, like goes from, I guess, 100 to zero really quick with yeah. like Matt and Julie. There's an explanation of sorts. Julie gives her reason for why this is happening. And I actually, I think that's actually pretty relatable, right? Like I think yeah. a lot of 14 year old girls are worried, you know, that they're going to become their parents in some respect. You may, you know, it's a phase for a lot of people, I think. And not just, I don't want to limit it to just girls, but I think, you know, I think a lot of young teenagers look at their parents and think, you know, either they think I do want to do that or I don't want to do that. And Julie went the other way here, but I think that's fairly relatable, right? I yeah. I think it's probably as far as Friday Night Lights goes, it's they're hitting, they're checking off all the boxes of teenage problems. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, it's time to get to this one. Yeah. And I think this is where, so I thought season one, Julie, when I watched that, I was like, man, you know, I, I give Julie too much crap because I told oh, she you she comes out hot in season two here. <laughs> I told you when we first started doing this podcast that I don't like Julie Taylor yeah. and she is my least favorite Friday Night Lights character. And after watching season one, I was like, I backed off that take a little bit because I was like, man, I, I really, you know, I, I, she's going through so much. It's hard. Really. I think it was not justified for how much I didn't like her, but then season two happened. There's almost, I don't know that there have been through six episodes or especially through three episodes of season two, not one redeemable moment. Yeah. Julie other than, I don't know, at one point, like she, you know, doesn't smoke the weed that's going around at the party at the sweets house. Smoke you fans that probably wish that some weed was <laughs> okay. That's a little. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, no, she she has that moment. But I mean, this is just kind of. Uh, I I I do feel like to an extent, season two there are a lot of tropes that come out that yeah, like Friday Night Lights, as I said, just checks off a lot of boxes of like teenage problems, and I feel like the season two writers like. Well, we gotta have her go after like a musician of some some way, and then gets put and kind. Of, it's not like a really a bad situation. It's not like she's like this. This guy seems really nice, and he yeah. seems. I mean, he's a little creepy, right? Uh, here's the the creepy part. He's a lot older than her. He's a lot older than her. We get the scene where you know she thinks that she realizes that they're not going to be a thing because she has because he has a girlfriend, and they're at the pool. She's picking up her check. And she's like, all right, well, and he's like, you know, have a great time, kid, at school, and, like, pats her head. And, like, the next scene that they're together, they kiss. Like, 
less than a week later, presumably. Yeah. And then like they start hanging out or dating or whatever. I don't know. Like it's a little creepy that he would go. He's just like, Hey kid. Yeah. Then just like, and then your romantic interest. Like Which the next week. I don't know how old she's supposed to be at this point. She's she like, is, I think they said it. I think she's fifteen. Fifteen. That's well. Incredible. No, she's. Uh, they didn't. They didn't necessarily say it, but she has her learner's permit, but not her driver's license. Man. So she's somewhere almost in between fifteen and a half and sixteen and a half. How do you feel about Matt in this situation? <sighs> I have more takes about Matt after Julie tries to come back to him. Um. Although I guess shoot, that's I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Um, I think Matt probably didn't wasn't aggressive enough in terms of trying to not keep her, but like I don't know, like the scene with Coach Taylor in the shopping market, or, uh, you know, Walmart or whatever, the Piggly Wiggly, whatever the whatever Reesers is in Dylan, and he's like, don't you know, no context, but don't just sit back and let it happen, you know? And Matt kind of did. I mean, he tried to get her to go to that party, but that was yeah. about it. I mean, it's a situation where I think a lot of maybe, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's like it would have felt maybe out of character if Matt started doing these super crazy romantic gestures to like, to like fight for her and like try to win her over. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. But at the same time, like, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not saying like, matt's to blame for all this it's definitely julie that's mostly in the wrong i do feel like to an extent though he could have tried harder to like fight for her i i mean i also feel like he and which is he had a relatable attitude in that like you know if she doesn't want to be with me then there's nothing i can do about that yeah which is maybe true maybe not but you know he matt sarison is who he is more than any other character on this show he is who he is and if that's not what Julie wants because she thinks that Matt's going to turn into a football coach in small town, Texas. And Which is what a take. Yeah. <laughs> Julie knows Matt probably or should know Matt better than most people. And yeah. he doesn't like football that much to be a coach one day. Yeah. Probably, you know, I mean, he's the starting quarterback of the state champion, you know, 6A or 5A Panthers. So it's, it's not completely impossible. I guess so. But, but he is more into art and stuff. Like there's more out there for him. But I think like to an extent like matt knows that hey i'm like five foot four and i'm not making it to yeah college he's not play. that short is he no but he's just he's it's like five ten he's, he's like he's, he's pretty small he's like pre pre-growth sport pre-growth spurt baker mayfield a little bit yeah yeah just i i, I feel i feel mostly bad for matt i i, I think that he is put in this just tough situation where he's dealing with a girl that i mean and like that's the thing it's just like he's obviously just doesn't really yeah um what's it what's the what i'm trying i'm trying to grasp at something but um he's obviously very into julie and but just like he's just kind of accepted defeat which i i think is kind of in line with what matt kind of does is that you know when when he feels like he's lost he's just lost and yeah he's not like a very uh I don't want to say he's not resilient, but I think his resilience as far as just like when it's more it com- of a grinder, right? Yeah. But I was gonna say like, I feel like his, his resilience and, and that like fight back that he has at certain moments comes from the coaching of like Eric Taylor or just yeah. an outside source. It's not something that he can do organically 
or on like on his own just to to fight back he's not really a high energy person no he needs i mean he he's obviously i mean and he's young too like he needs a lot of guidance yeah but i just it just sucks because like i from the first season like i love matt saracen yeah. and it just it sucks seeing like because i think anyone who used to be a teenage boy like knows exactly what matt is going through when yeah. Ju- julie's like breaking up with him yeah um it it's awful and to her credit i mean she was honest with him eventually she, he was yeah. like is it the swede and she's like it's not the swede it's like well stop lying to me he's like okay it's kind of the swede but <laughs> and they just keep referring to him as the swede which is again the most ridiculous thing that could ever have you know that ever put on television i i mean what's more ridiculous the swede or smash calling himself the smash definitely the swede <laughs> i mean but i guess the swede doesn't refer to himself as the swede he's just anton he's but he, just, yeah just a guy <laughs> he's not swedish i don't understand how do you get like a musician in austin like how did peter berg do this like <laughs> it's incredible they couldn't have just done like something where just like a little offhand thing, a really lazily written line, like where Julie's at the, when they're smoking weed, like they could have just been like, why do they call you this weed? And then like his stoner friend or whatever, he's like, well, he was going through TSA and like, they got the wrong guy and like it was Swedish. And that's why we call him the sweet. Like they couldn't have done something lazy like that. Are we sure that he even knows that people call him the sweet? (laughs) I'm not sure that he's even aware of this nickname that he has. He's just completely oblivious. Because his girlfriend calls him Anton. Yeah. Because yeah, his girlfriend's like, oh yeah, Anton loves you. And it's like, who is Anton? <laughs> who the heck is this guy? <laughs> oh, it must be him. That must be this, you know, not Swedish person's name. I but don't, like even Saracen knows he's the Swede. Like, it's just, where does this, I mean, I guess it's probably, I, there, there had to have been like a way for the writers to like in five seconds could have explained why everyone calls him the Swede. How is this on the same TV show as Billy and Tim Riggins? sleeping with this neighbor like how is this the same show <laughs> it's a when lot the same show as tim riggins uh i have the screenshot here uh let me see. tim is tim is coming out hot what did he say he says uh that's the wrong screenshot uh i had a three-way with the stratton sisters when he was recounting his summer <laughs> like <laughs> a little bit of incest there <laughs> But God, you not, know, not something that would have made network TV in 2019 is, uh, is that take probably not. Um, do you have any other Julie Matt sweet takes? Um, I want to acknowledge my, um, cringy pop culture reference of the week here. I'm excited. Um, when I believe it is, it is the Swede they're, they're at, they're doing, they're at the pot circle or whatever. And they're giving their cr- conspiracy theories and he said, says, quote, iPods have a mind of their own and they will actually take us all over in a short amount of weeks. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Which I guess iPods were around. I, get, I mean, I, I almost think of this time as pre-iPod, but. This would have been around the time when like the iPod Touch was coming. Or at least maybe was out. I don't know. First iPod release date. Quick thing. And I want to I ask well, you. researching, yeah. 2001 i well yeah I, well i knew i like the i was gonna say like it just the timeline of like when an ipod touch came out anyway yeah. i do wonder and we'll kind of talk more about tammy and eric and that whole dynamic what's going on right now with him at tmu but 
I wonder how much of Eric's absence plays into Julie and her, I guess, not acting out. Because, I mean, if yeah. she's not happy with Matt, then she shouldn't be with Matt. Yeah. I th- She tried to blame it on that. Yeah. I don't really. I think Gracie probably has more to do with it. <laughs> I was going to say, like. I, she I get- calls Gracie, her little sister, the blob. <laughs> That's really funny. It's so disrespectful. <laughs> It's a baby. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but like, I, I guess like from her point of view, if she sees that like, oh, I don't want to be alone with a child while my husband is in a different city coaching college That's football. That's fair. I could see that. Yeah. I just wonder if she's like maybe taking too much of that situation and applying it to her own. Yeah. It's possible. I, I wouldn't put anything past Julie Taylor. Incredible. Um, the Eric Taylor moment of the episode which is not an award, but maybe it should be, is when he refers to uh, her makeout session with the Swede as carrying on in the driveway. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> She's like, oh, we were carrying on. Where, yeah, you were carrying on. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, you ready for second down? I'm ready for second down. Uh, this is where we're going to talk about murder, <laughs> which we have been alluding to. Uh, for pretty much this whole podcast, maybe in every episode, we've been just building up to this murder that happens here in these first three episodes of season two. Um, we first start to see that something is going wrong when, uh, what is it, what's his name? Mike the Rapist, as he's credited. Is he really credited like that? On, on the Amazon Prime X-ray, his credit is Mike the Rapist. Is it like Mike, comma, the rapist? No. <laughs> It's just Mike, the rapist, and he's even credited even when as that when like he's not technically in the scene, but it's just like his car that like kind of run is kind of like running around the parking lot, almost runs Tyra over. That's they couldn't have just called him Mike. Like that sounds like the equivalent of like Chance the rapper, (laughs) like Tyler the creator. It's like Mike the rape. Just terrible thing to laugh at, but like IMDb, come on, get your stuff together. Again, I don't know if Amazon. Yeah, is Amazon getting this from? directly from the creators of the show or are they getting it from my movie i don't know what feeds into that feels very fixable it 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 should be fixed frankly (laughs) i'm not trying to like i mean like yeah like that's he he is a rapist but his his name is mike i mean they could just would you prefer it just be the rapist and him just not have a name i either go with mike or go the rapist i don't even know if we even learn his name is mike on the show before you told me his name was Mike, you could have told me anything. I would have been like, yep, that's great. Yeah, I don't remember his name ever coming up or either. That's unless, she like, unless he like introduced himself to her whenever they first met at the Alma Freeze or whatever, was yeah. that, whatever restaurant they were at. So, yeah. I that's mean, incredible. We, we find out pretty quickly here that, you know, she's being stalked. She knows she's being stalked. She calls Landry over. Landry goes around the, you know, the yard or whatever. It's like, oh, nothing's here. They're calm but we find out later that he's still watching them. Um, we really need to find the season two promos for like when the build up to when like the new episodes were going to start airing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder how they handled this. Cause we, well, neither of us watched the show in when it was airing. Yeah. I, yeah, I was young. I was 12, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do wonder how they're just like how they handled going from such a, it's not like Friday Night Lights is like a very bright and sunshine type of show, but this is a very dark turn for a TV show that deals with a lot of hard issues, 
but not murder. Here, here's the thing. I feel like we could have left this storyline in last season. Like, I don't think we ever needed to see Mike again. I feel like we we dealt with the theme of sexual assault last in season one, and it was good that they did that. You know, they also dealt with, with mental health, with racism, just, you know, a lot of issues that are still issues today and have become even more prominent issues today with more people talking about it. And in some ways, the show is ahead of its time. But I think that bringing the decision to bring Mike the Rapist into season two and to make Landry Clark a murderer was probably a little misguided. It just like, it feels like they're like, well, we've done this. We've done this. Like, how do we go bigger? And like, you don't necessarily need to go bigger. They really didn't need to go bigger. They could have found something else for Landry and Tyra to do. Yeah. Like the only thing like being in a healthy relationship wouldn't have that. I mean, I guess, I mean, Tyra points at this later, but you know, she's essentially like, you think that if you hadn't killed somebody for me, that we'd ever be in a relationship in a million years. Like, I mean, I guess that's the only way that we could, that they could have believably been in a relationship, which is a point the writers wanted to get to, but I think they could have done it another way. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't have any ideas for this problem. I'm pointing out a problem without providing any solutions, but do you feel like Landry's father is out of pocket for going to Applebee's and basically telling Tyra, what the heck are you doing with my son? My son sucks. What are you doing? (laughs) Do you feel like he's out of pocket in that moment? What do you mean by out of pocket? Do you you feel like that's over the line for him to do that? Yeah. I think he's suspicious at this point, but that's before they dug the body out, right? Well, no, but I'm saying like, well, I don't even know if he knows. I don't know if he's suspicious of a murder happened, but I'm just saying like, just plainly like, you know, if, I'm, I'm yeah. tr- I can't think of a good real life equivalent, but like if, if you're f- like, I just feel like it's out of line for like a father to be like, Hey, my kid's ugly and he sucks. Why the, why are you dating him? Like, I mean, maybe he's just like, is he selling you drugs? Like, what's he doing here? Yeah. I just don't know what the line, the, the I'm, I'm, I'm really just like putting out hy- like I mean, throwing hypothesis yeah. against the wall, but like, it's a little weird and it does, it kind of turns into a sweet moment. Yeah. Because Tyra gives him a real answer, and he's like, okay, thanks. Oh, well, but I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I think what we're supposed to gather from that is that Landry's dad is a very, is an intensely curious and skeptical person. And that comes into, as a cop, too, you know. Yeah. And that does come into play uh, in, you know, in the next block of episodes. We'll talk about that next week. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe out of line. I mean, yeah, I don't think that would actually happen in real life. I don't know, man. But. I mean, I guess maybe we're talking about Dylan. I don't know. Dylan, Texas. Just it's like, hey, my boy, I, I raised that boy. He came he came from me. He's got my genes. I know everything about that boy. Why, why are you dating him? You're, you're way too good looking. His dad's also skeptical of him, like, joining the football team and, like, him doing well in practices and stuff. Like, he's like, you know, with his coworkers and stuff, they're like, I'm hearing good things about your boy. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. Like, <laughs> he doesn't really believe anybody that tells them anything about Landry these days. So I don't know. Um, so yeah, Landry murders, uh, Mike, uh, the rapist, Mike, the rapist with a, some kind of a pipe. Um, I guess the person that was working the convenience store never came outside. That's fine. Um, Tyra didn't want to have to pair debt. (laughs) Um, but then they decide, we have to just dump this body or no, they say at first they're going to say, we're going to go to the hospital. And my thought is if that's your decision, if you're thinking we're going to take this guy to the hospital, they should have just called 911. 
Yeah, I feel like there's a really easy way to like just be like, hey, he attacked us. I acted in self-defense. Yeah. Which I don't know. Maybe I'm assuming the the thought process here is that surveillance cameras would have shown that he walked away from the situation. And I do think there is something to the legal process that like if that guy's walking away and then you go attack him, that you probably can be held somewhat liable. Maybe. In a, yeah, I mean, we don't know what the laws here. are, but it's the same guy that attacked Tyra last year and they had documentation on yeah. that. What they didn't know was he was also wanted for assault in other states. They didn't know that. But And then Landry's dad is a cop, so you got to figure, you know, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, but they're I, 17 and not thinking clearly. So. Yeah, these, as I so poetically put in my notes, these kids are idiots. Uh, yeah. I mean, once you, like, have the body in your car, in their car, like – and the body's like he's dead like maybe you do just go ahead and dump him i don't know like <laughs> there's so many there's no surveillance footage though because otherwise they would have been caught immediately that's true yeah there's none so you really could have just been like this is our word yeah i mean he falls face down so you know you know the they would have known that he got hit on the back of the head yeah so they would have you know based on where the wound was but i don't know we we could probably litigate this all day, but if you ever find yourself in this situation, just call nine one one. It's my advice. This has been a word from <laughs> Taylor Maid's Spencer Davis. <laughs> you have to talk now. I can't say anything else. <laughs> you find yourself in a situation where uh, you're being attacked by a man who's continually attacking you, and you kill him. Please call the authorities. If you ever kill somebody on behalf of somebody that you would wish to date, <laughs> call 911 immediately. God. Yeah, the whole the whole like aftermath of the murder is just obviously I feel like the build up for season 1 of like Landry's pursuit of Tyra is like you know, it was bound to happen that they were probably either going to get together in some way or, or another, but I just feel like there's another way you could have gone. Yeah. You don't need to like like put a murder for like it literally feels like the only and the kind of like what you were saying earlier it feels like the writer's thought process was a little bit like well there's no way in a million years this guy can actually go with tyra yeah we got it like what's the craziest thing situation that would like make tyra like landry and like i'm just i picture like a few guys in a conference room they're like what if he murdered someone for her i was like that could work <laughs> is that the only thing that can't be the only thing i just feel like they crap on landry so much that they're like that's the only way he's ever going to get with tyra so let's write it into episode one of season two let's just get right into it we got it's not that like jesse plemons is ugly i mean nah. they kind of make landry i mean i guess as a teenager he's worse but it he kind of looks like matt damon so <laughs> i think i don't remember what a take no i remember i've seen this on the internet i, don't, I wish i could credit it but somebody referred to him as walmart matt damon <laughs> that's awful <laughs> i think jesse plemons is not like a he's i i think they try to i do think they try to play him down a lot but i just feel like it's almost over the line 
it, it just feels like a lot of TV shows, and we we don't need. <laughs> I'm pulling up the side by side right now, so that Joe can. I recommend you Google okay, older, Jesse Plemons, Matt Damon. The older versions of the two, I can see, but young young Jesse Plemons, I I I'm not gonna go. There's there. young Jesse Plem- Plemons and young Matt Damon. He's like Walmart ginger Matt Damon in a lot of ways. That's a lot. That's a lot to take in. <laughs> This is not an original idea for me. Well, a lot of people have, have stumbled onto this. Here's both of them smiling as teenagers. This is a really amazing for the audio <laughs> medium. Well, that that is you podcast. have to, you, if you want to play along right now, you have to Google it yourself. Sorry if you're driving. Don't don't text and drive or uh, Google and drive. But where were we? I, I think I mean, we're, we're, we're wrapping up. I think for we've kind of covered up here. I mean, we've covered. There's a lot of grief, right? Like. Yeah, Landry Jesse or, or um, Landry lost his watch, and then uh, oh yeah, Landry. I don't care about the watch plot. <laughs> I just don't. I I wrote that in my notes. Like I don't like that's not even believable believable to me that you would like lose a latched watch off your wrist as you're dumping a dead body. Like what about that? Yeah. Like why didn't they couldn't have had him lose like I don't know a ring? Like even a ring would be more believable anything just really anything watch is not coming off your arm i think it was just mostly to insert the line about that or that it's been like in the family for generations or like it's like a point of pride i don't know but that's not even what skipping ahead a little bit but it's not even what gets landry caught by his dad yeah is the fact that he doesn't have like that his watch gets found somewhere like at least to the point that I've seen. Um, but yeah, they have uh, good old fashioned murder sex. That was interesting. Um, Yikes. They go back and forth on which one is feeling the most guilty, which one wants to go turn themselves in. The other one always talks them out of it. And that's pretty much where we end things um, after three episodes. Yes. There will be somewhat of a conclusion to this arc next week or potentially the week after, I guess is when we'll really get the conclusion but this will be a down next week as well because it it continues to the storyline continues regrettably it's not over no meanwhile eric and tammy are going through some marital issues that happen when you live in different cities and you have a newborn and one of the partners coaches college football for a mid-major football program and when you have a Weird guy named Glenn who puts his hands in his wife's icebox. Glenn is very wet. He's very moist. He's just always sweaty. (laughs) And I don't like his presentation or aesthetic at all. I did not like Glenn at first. And then I realized who Glenn represent. You just want to jump into Glenn? Yeah, let's go into Glenn. Glenn is the audience. Is he now? He is. Let me. uh, This is a take. This is a take. I have have two, two reasons why Glenn is the audience. Um. Glenn is the audience. Whenever, oh, what was it? Oh, whenever they're like walking out of the school at one point, and no, they're in the school after Tammy had walked Gracie over in the hundred and five degree weather. Not a great. And Glenn is like, you know, you shouldn't be walking your infant in a hundred and five degree weather, which is exactly what the audience is thinking, right? Like, yeah, Tammy doesn't see anything wrong with this. And then Glenn also has this line where he's like, "What was the point of living apart from Eric again?" And she's like, oh, yeah, I don't really know. And, like, I thought I asked that question to myself, and I'm like, I guess I don't really know. Either. I mean, I guess to chase his dreams, but, like, 
clearly a very bad idea. Yeah. And he's just very frantic anytime that Tammy's around, just kind of matches her energy, kind of made match how I felt about it. I don't know. It's, is his pursuit of Tammy also the audience? Pursuit of Tammy? Yeah. Oh, am I skipping ahead now? Yeah, you skimmed ahead. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're way ahead. <laughs> I thought this. Was, I watched. The, yeah. Okay. Well, you'll you'll know when you. It's. <laughs> you know, I haven't. It's been longer since I've watched this thing all the way through than Joe has. If if you know, you but know. On the rewatch, I've I'm ahead of him, so that's why we keep accidentally skipping around a little bit, but. Apologies. I forgot that he had made a move on Tammy, I guess. <laughs> it comes. It comes. Oh, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good point about Glenn. He's not the most essential character, but he definitely is a vehicle for getting inside of the minds of why these people are making these really dumb decisions. And personally, I, I think it is kind of insane that they're living apart. I think it would be less insane if tammy didn't have a newborn well it's like why is tammy like it's not like tammy she's off work anyway like wasn't the whole point of her staying in dylan so that like she could continue to be with her students i mean i guess she eventually she's she does go back back to work but like she probably should have moved to austin for like a couple months yeah but what's julie gonna do live by herself she's 15 i get i mean Someone's got to like no, nobody was watching Julie anyway. Yeah, but you can't like you can't just leave her to like a, to have like a three bedroom house all to herself in Dillon, Texas. I mean, a lot of this was took place over the summer anyway. Yeah, which I guess maths because she finds out she's pregnant in like December and then has the kid. Or I guess it could have been like November. Yeah, that, that kind of maths. Um, what did you think of the choice to open the season essentially with Tammy going into a very violent labor process? Um, I'm trying to, I mean, uh, now that you've got me on this whole timeline thing, the, and I, I guess like the state championship game would have had to have been like in no, like late November. <sighs> yeah. And then school, well, she, and I guess she would have already been a month pregnant by the time you find out. Right. Yeah. And then I guess school, yeah, that, yeah, that checks it, it's out. It's good enough. It's it's, it's good, good enough. Yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I I don't mind the choice. I think that of the choices that were made, this was one of the less. Uh, I guess flagrant. Yeah, like I'm fine with it. It kind of throws you into the action. Like it, it would have been. I mean, I get, I mean, would you have been upset if like they just open up season two and like, here's the baby? No, I would not. I, I wrote down on my notes. I prefer it when shows skip the childbirth. <laughs> like I didn't know that about myself until I watched this scene, but I learned something. I, I prefer it when they yada yada the labor pains. Oh my, I, the, you know, the, oh, my water just broke is an age old TV trope that is always included. But I didn't need, like, the next scene could have been, like, you know, we could have seen Eric rushing to get there. Like, that's fine. But I did not need Connie Britton on an operating, or whatever table that, an operating not table. an operating table. I don't know what ta- what the type of the table it is. I didn't need it. I'm, I'm sorry. A hospital bed? Sure. <laughs> My wife's a doctor. <laughs> Just throwing the wife thing around. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> We get it, Spence. Um, 
I didn't need it. I didn't think it was necessary. I guess it was good acting, I guess. I think Tammy's great. Of the things that is redeemable about season two is that Tammy stays just really consistently good. Oh, Connie Britton's the star of the show. Like, she plays... The, she was born to play this role. She's like Steph Curry on the curtain Golden State Warriors yeah. before, he got, before he got hurt. What is, or what? I mean, she's almost like... She's almost like the Draymond Green, right? Like, she's not the biggest star. She doesn't have the biggest role. Yeah. But, like, she, what she does, she absolutely knocks it out of the park, and the show wouldn't work without her. Yeah. No, it's perfect, actually. Yeah. Um, I do think, though, that the whole Eric storyline is... And I don't understand. Like, he flew to Dylan, right? Like, he had to fly to Dylan to, to get to her. I guess I kind of was he like on a recruiting trip or something? Did he drive? I I don't know. Like, I wish we would have seen Coach Taylor, the recruiter of of TMU. Yeah, TMU. I think I I do think that Eric Taylor would have been really good at that. Well, if he, I feel like if he bought into it, he'd be really good at it. Yeah. Um, Eric's going through a lot right now. He's having a tough time adjusting to life as a college football coach. And yeah, you know, I know that's kind of a it's a it's a much different world going from high school to college yeah, and you're not the head guy anymore. Yeah. You're dealing with guys that have to go to NCAA infraction hearings, which he crushed by the way. You did great at that. Which is, you know, kind of the, I feel like it's, I, I do wonder how many times a day those NCAA people hear stuff like that. Like, just give him a chance. Like, are you going to throw him out on the streets or, you know, let us have him under our watch Make and him miserable for a year. Yeah. So I mean, it's a pretty good argument. I mean, yeah, I just imagine a lot of different, I feel like a, probably plenty of people use the same one. Yeah. I mean, Not yeah, that you, it you didn't can manipulate it in a bunch of different ways and all that, you know, I don't know. But the, the football player in question, whose name is escaping me right now, also kind of, Oh, act- uh, it's, it's like Antoine, it's not Bartholomew, but it starts with a B. Anton Beltrain. Beltrain, yeah. Um, no, one the, of the NFL taking his car to the to the hearing. Uh, the point I was going to make was like he also kind of serves as like, and you can make the case that like Glenn is the audience, and yeah. in some ways, like Antoine also kind of gets after Eric Taylor a little bit. Yeah. Um, but also in a way, it's just like the two of those people are i don't want to say crutches but just the way for the writers to really get inside the minds of eric and tammy yeah and eric's obviously isn't a big fan of it and as we'll see kind of toward the end that like he was never really bought into being a college football coach i think more than anything he liked the idea i think i think in a in a weird way and kind of out of character way eric really liked being pampered and courted he's a head coach but yeah and like well and like there is no, there's no shame in like being at one level or the other. Some guys are just built to be high school football coaches and some aren't. Yeah. And like some guys aren't really built to do the college game. Yeah. Like some guys aren't built to do the NFL game. And I think Eric fits that age group and that level of play so well because he knows how to connect it. Because he's just like a big father yeah. to the entire team. I feel like if he was, he could be a head coach at the college level. I just don't know that like I don't think he likes the business he, aspect of it because it and yeah. that was the other thing like the quarterback like like the coach was telling him to go cut the yeah. quarterback. I was like that's not how that works yeah that's not really how that would work in real life um that's the bad football logic of, of this episode yeah he all I mean 
I feel like he was very unsure of himself the whole time that he was at TMU and he didn't like that. Yeah. Like he felt like he was on the outside of the coach's click or whatever. Even when they call him up and tell him that they're going to go, you know, he's going to go to this hearing with Antoine, like he's the only coach on the field at the time. And all the other coaches are out just, you know, shooting the breeze. Yeah. You know, like where, where's it? Why is he the only one down on the field? And he's like, you know, what about practice? How old do without you? You know, like, he just wasn't really fitting in, I guess, which isn't a reason to quit something, but I think it probably contributed to him quitting. Which could, could you imagine though, and to kind of get into, so this whole distance thing is a, is coming to an end as we're kind of seeing with Buddy, yeah, and Eric and him trying to come reprise this role as the head coach of the Dillon Panthers. Is this insane, the fact that a coach, you know, a few weeks into the college football season would quit to go be a high school head football coach? Is this just ludicrous? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, maybe it's happened, um, but I feel like it's – I mean, think of the set of circumstances that had to make it go right. Like – Eric has to be having a kid at the same time. He has to have like an already grown teenage daughter that's acting out, that's putting pressure on him. He has to have, you know, his wife be living in another town. He has to have the support to go back to the high school that he just left. And he ha- and they had to have with Coach McGregor a, a disaster of a start to the season, both on and off the field, and an angry primary booster. It's like eight things that had to go right for Coach Taylor to end up back coaching at Dillon this you know this season essentially yeah so for in i think you could argue if any one of those things is different he's not coming back yeah and it kind of would have been somewhat interesting for as short as the season was and obviously i don't think they anticipated it being this short yeah i read i was reading about that yeah this is supposed to be 22 a 22 episode season but the writer's strike which is why Arguably, the season it ends so abruptly. Yeah, but then every other season after this is also fifteen episodes. So, yeah. Well, what I was going to say was, I would have loved, and not in a twenty-two episode season. I think in like a ten or twelve type range would have been good. But like, there's no really build up to him going back to Dylan. Like, it just it felt like it happened way too easy. Yeah, I mean, he has that first meeting back with the team, and it was like he never left and part of it may be that you know it's all the same players yeah i I just i would have loved to have seen more and more and i'm not trying to like rewrite friday lights here but i mean in a way i kind of curious if there are some things and you could probably shorten season one by quite a bit but yeah. if, if you could have taken some storylines from there and then placed them in season two to kind of make the ship go without Eric, yes. like like the whole smash coach McGill thing, you could have made that a season two storyline yeah, while, it while would have been perfect. Yeah. While Eric's kind of dealing with life and maybe you just don't want him and Tammy away from each other for that long. Yeah. But give us some suspense. I feel like coach being quartered by TMU could have also been a season two storyline. Yeah. Like they didn't have to have him going away after one year to a college yeah but he was on the fast track you know he was Man, even on a, i mean as young as he is you know i don't know um i feel like there was something else i wanted to add to 
to this section here. Um, what do we got? We talked about, I mean, there's the funny quote from when he's, you know, Coach Taylor's pitching this transition plan to the head coach, and he's like, this is an IBM, man. Like, leave your key card downstairs, and I'll see you never. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is kind of harsh, but also I imagine, you know, probably how it would actually play out. Um, do, <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't know. you have anything else you want to add here? It's about all I got. I mean, I think the whole situation is kind of kooky, but at the same time, it's uh, it's given us something to do. I have one more note, uh, and it's my last note of, of episode three, when I think, I guess Eric ends up knocking on the car dealership window yeah. <laughs> to like tell Buddy, hey, we got it, and Buddy's like sleeping there. It's like, man, Eric is risking his career for a man who is sleeping at his own car dealership. That is pretty dang reckless. Yeah. I don't know that we hit on that enough. Like that point of just like, and he even says like, man, I hope I can trust you. Like, I hope this is working out. And spoiler alert, there's a couple bumps that come. Uh, a few. Yeah, that come, that come up here pretty soon, including a, a women's soccer coach that <laughs> ends up barreling down at Coach Taylor's door. But that's a, that's a spoiler for next time. Um, how are we doing on time? We're good. We're good? We got... We got it's not quite Eric Taylor clock management, but it's decent. <laughs> oh, we're, yeah, we're... Okay, but... I 15, think it's it might be better, actually. About 15 minutes of down, we're doing all right. Uh, you ready for fourth down? Oh, yeah. We kind of bled into it a little bit here, but just this McGregor with Buddy and Riggins. I mean, McGregor gets off to a really tough start um, when he basically tells Buddy, we're not going to do the pep rally at your dealership, and you can't come to practices anymore. And you cannot piss off Buddy Garrity and Dylan. I think it's kind of crazy to tell. I mean, I understand that maybe Texas high school football or Tennessee high school football, because that's where he's from. He's from Tennessee. Yeah, the hills of Tennessee. But I think it's kind of wild to tell anyone like, "Hey, we we run close practices." Like, if you've been to a high or if you've been to high school before, you know that like kids are just kind of funneling in and out of yeah. like campus, and like they kind of walk like that you just walk through the stadium and you know anyway uh there's usually parents at practices and that want to just watch and it's just kind of crazy he's just like yeah no one no one gets to see what our product is and that's just wild to me and it's not like buddy's gonna go and sell this information to to midland lee or anything like he's not he's not out to get this was a mistake on mcgregor i think mcgregor we could probably agree got screwed a little bit in the end but this was a mistake other than almost killing tim riggins uh with the amount of like you know like yeah uh i guess punishments he he enforced in the texas heat or whatever yeah i i do kind of like him though i think he adds a flair to not that i want him to stick around for a long time but i think you can make him more of an antagonist, but like in a different way that yeah. like makes more sense. I mean, the the stuff with street is tough. Yeah, the mascot stuff. Well, and like that's another thing. I don't get how it went from like you can you can be this guy's friend or you can be his coach. You got to pick one. Yeah, and like Jason's like, okay, I pick coach, and then he's trying to coach and he's trying to communicate with him during a game, and he's just like, man, you you just talked about respecting this guy because he wants to be a coach. Yeah, and now you're just belittling him. Yeah. You, he never respected street, which, you know, he's, and part of it is, and somewhat to, 
uh, I guess the the writers maybe not lack of football knowledge, but like if this was uh, if this was real life, McGregor would have brought in his own staff. He wouldn't have kept Taylor's. That's I mean, that's yeah. how that goes. Yeah, he would. I mean, maybe Street gets to stay on, but like Mac McGill is probably gone. Well, I think Street definitely is gone. I think all of really? them are gone. Like th- that's although just, Mac McGill is Panther football. He. <laughs> I don't hey, know. Sometimes you get to like the, sometimes the athletic director makes the call on who the assistants are or, you know, or the, or in the NFL, like the team president gets to have, I think the head coach has a big say though. Yeah. But I mean, that's something that they would have agreed with whenever, you know, agreed to whenever they agreed to the contract. Like that's the rumored reason why Matt rules, not the coach of the jets right now, because they wouldn't let him pick a, his own staff. It's also kind of wild that he moved from Tennessee to go coach Dylan. I mean, just, Dylan just did just, you know, we, <laughs> this is funny. Obviously, we don't know his situation in Tennessee. Maybe he'd pissed off enough people there and thought, you know. But, yeah, I don't know how many, like, high school coaches are changing states, changing almost potentially time zones to go coach high school football. But, yeah, I mean, there there are some things that in, like, an antagonist kind of way that you kind of like or that I kind of like about McGregor. I, I think he – for what he is and like there's a lot of it that just kind of there's parts where i'm like okay the mcgregor's kind of in the right like he's just he's just a tough old school head football coach yeah and then there's times i'm like okay that's a little bit over the line um i mean yeah he should have listened to street when she was like hey this is not how you get to tim riggins which is important but that's not actually why he got fired right i mean i guess that's no. the cause that's what they put down in the legal document but why he actually got fired was because he didn't let buddy garrity go to practice yeah and they held the the one thing i i, I do like about the the and i know this really doesn't have anything to do with anything but i thought the pep rally made a lot more sense in the barn like in the in that uh it's much better it well it just was more fitting like the car dealership it seemed all corporate and like yeah it felt really over the top yeah i mean buddy, but that's buddy, buddy should, buddy should <laughs> could should consider buying a ranch he should to, you with know. you know and or maybe a house let's let's start with that and a bed what about an apartment yeah just buddy garrity not having a good I time just, does he spend nights at his dealership and days politicking around dylan like he's never actually working at the place that he's supposed to work he just lives there i'm no clue. i, I want to know what like when he does laundry because it seems like the only shirt he wears is the 2006 <laughs> dylan panther state championship well, he's, shirt. Like, he's in a suit quite a bit i see uh, dry yeah. cleaners well, i guess when he's not there yeah i feel like a dylan texas car used car salesman is not wearing a suit every day well not a good suit probably like a maybe like a 30-year-old suit? I don't know. He's... I don't know. He's probably makes really good money. Like, as far as... kind of, I think you mentioned this in our last season that there's probably... He probably gets a lot of business for, business from, like, nearby small towns that, like, don't yeah. have a car dealership and they just go to him. Yeah. You know, and everybody in Dillon knows him and everyone knows that he's going to put money into the football program and yeah. he pays the players and... <laughs> <laughs> um. You want to talk about Riggins? Let's talk about Riggins. This the season opens with Landry asking <laughs> Matt Saracen, talking about the Swede, WWRD. What would Riggins do? Spencer Davis. 
top of my notes. Yeah. <laughs> WWRD, very top of my notes as well. <laughs> and then Matt Sherrison, very funny, funnily quips. Well, Tim Riggins would not be in this situation because he's the captain of the SS Tatas over there as the camera pans to Tim Riggins with his arms around two women on a, you know, a floaty, a floaty in the pool, sunglasses on. I probably with two drinks in his hands. I don't, I don't remember. Um, Tim's really feeling himself. Just an incredible open to season two for Tim Riggins. The image that they want you to see. Um, unfortunately, uh, it goes right from that to Tammy's water breaking in the pool and the aforementioned violent labor scene. But, it, you know, but I mean, Riggins is kind of a mess, right? Like he's not to mention the fact that he's plotting to go to Mexico with Jason. At this I don't know point. if he's a mess. I think he's, he's re- relapsing. He's back drinking. He's, he's, it's showing a relapse. Up to practice, showing up to practice hungover. He quits the team. Then he gets kicked off the team. You know, it's, you know, he's not getting along with McGregor. He's passing out of practice, throwing up on doing stadium steps. Just back to his old ways. He's, he's, ba- he's back on his BS. Saying creepy stuff to Lila. Yeah. He, the, if, if, <laughs> it's a kind of add to the momentum, momentum of your anti Tim Riggins campaign. Oh my God. <laughs> this is his pursuit of Lila at the beginning of season two is, is not, it's is not great. It's, it's really not great. Really. His brother is sleeping with his quote unquote ex-girlfriend. Who's actually his 33 year old neighbor. I, so I have, I have a lot of issues obviously with that for very, very obvious reasons. One of them also though, is like the fact that Billy's just like his justifications. Like what, do, like Tim, do you really think it was going to work out between the two? But like at the same time, like why are you in this yeah. position? Why are you actively dating her? Like, it wasn't like, you're like, what'd you think was going to happen to him? Like now I obviously have to date her. <laughs> like, just the, like, what are you? And Billy's stupid. Billy likes to look down on Tim a lot, but Billy has not done a whole heck of a lot with his life. I know. At this point, <laughs> like Billy, Billy is, and as we've seen time and time again, Billy is, not smart and he doesn't but he ha- thinks he is which is probably the worst again why did he throw a party with tyra that was so weird remember that yeah what was the payoff for that just <laughs> i don't just remember. two young entrepreneurs <laughs> but then they they haven't done it again like i don't understand <laughs> yeah i i think kind of like you said they were just trying to give something uh for to tyra, tyra to do yeah <laughs> but now i feel like they're giving stuff for billy to do like billy doesn't have anything to do with so they're saying well antagonize here's jackie yeah here's jackie we, we don't even see we we get we this see a second of her yeah that's fair but we don't see bo miller which is the whole point of jackie where's okay. bo miller bo's probably filming blindside at this point Peter Berg, man, up your budget. I don't know. I don't know. There, 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 there was no keeping Bo Miller. Um, Riggins, I don't know. Buddy Garrity rescues him. Says, "Don't blame him on yourself." After you know he passes out, and then Riggins, of course, then is the one to rescue the sloppy drunk Buddy, Buddy Garrity. Um, despite Lyle asking him not to, and then she's like, "I actually do need your help to like physically, <laughs> uh, you know, lift him off the ground." Um, and then we get the, oh, we have, this is an extra point here, but I guess we'll go ahead and loop this in, but Lila doing parking lot evangelism and then trying to get Riggins to come to church and then Riggins, I don't know. We never got closure on whether or not he had faked this scene where he's like, I really felt something, you know? And then he tried to kiss her and she called him out and he was like, what? No, I was being serious. Like, I feel like we never actually got closure on whether or not he was being real 
I think the clo- I mean, I think the fact that we didn't get it probably indicates that Tim was being very ingenuine. He was. Man, I feel like he's just a plot. I don't know. I've, I kind of would go the other way. The fact that we didn't hear anything. Uh, maybe. The fact that we didn't see anything else is that it means that, you know, maybe he did feel something. But now. Tim is a little sleazy. If you didn't He's know. extremely sleazy. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I think that he would have let on yeah. that he was being sleazy after she called him out. I don't know. Tim's also not stupid. He's self-destructive, but he's not stupid. Yeah. He implodes quite a bit. Yeah, on on himself on purpose a lot of the times, but he's not dumb. Is it just like, I mean, go into that like a little bit more because I'm curious what like what you think like from just a. Is it just a matter of just like Tim wants what he in a way is it just like he does he he wants what he can't have or just like. Because he genuinely looks like I think he, he cares for Lila still. Well, I'm, I was going to say, like, it genuinely feels like he's searching for happiness. Yeah. And that, like, the way he goes about being happy is always wrong. But, or not wrong, but just, like, you know, just drinking and he all just, the stuff that he does. But, yeah, like... I mean, he's never seen anyone be happy in Dylan, right? Yeah. Like, other than maybe Coach Taylor, I guess. It's kind of a it's kind of depressing when you put it like that. But I I mean that I think a lot of times that's how people in, you know, small towns, particularly in the south, they get into the cycle and they never leave. Yeah. You know, like there are people in Tuttle, Oklahoma right now that have been there for the whoa, last Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not go disparaging Tuttle. I'm sorry for I I'm not picking on Tuttle. I, I just thought of a random small town outside of Oklahoma City. But there are people in Tuttle right now who their families lived in Tuttle and they've lived in Tuttle for the last 80 years and their kids and grandkids will never leave Tuttle, probably. Maybe one eventually will. But this cycle, Tuttle, Dylan, Guyman, um, you know, pick a small town where, you know, Monat, Missouri, where my dad grew up, like a lot of times you don't get out and that's kind of what happens. And I think that Dylan... Or, Tim is essentially resigned to that at this point. Yeah. Uh, which is depressing. Like you said, I mean, a lot of it, I mean, a lot of this show is like sneaky depressing. <laughs> it's, I mean, they're dealing with incredibly complex issues with kids that are not prepared to deal with them. Yeah. Like at all. I don't know. Did you watch uh you didn't watch the show euphoria this year mm-hmm. on HBO? Did you? I did not. It has nothing to do with high school football. But it takes these issues that these kids are dealing with and multiplies everything by about a million oh. and adds in like transgender stuff and just, you know, updates a little bit to, you know, more like 2019 issues that are happening right now. And it's like, man, that was not my high school experience, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. In that way, it's similar, but I might have to give it a try. It's, it's really good. I mean, Zendaya is awesome. There's a, it's probably uh, I'm gonna. I need to put together my my list of top ten shows of the year, but I think that'll be I think that'll be on it. We'll see. I look forward to your list. Do you have anything yeah. else uh, with with Timmy? Um, no. I just that you know he's the you know him passing out is probably legally why they were able to fire McGregor, but they you know they still have to pay him off and everything and. I don't know, McGregor, like, suing them for firing him, like, that probably would never happen, right? Like, you could sue for wages, but 
they were already giving him his severance. Yeah. So I don't know, like, I don't know. Um, but um, we now have a few extra points. Yeah. Which you're missing something pretty big. On the extra points? Well, maybe more so an oversight on our part. Okay, lead off with it. So first down, we obviously talked a lot about Julie, Matt, and the Swede. Yeah. Um, this isn't a love triangle. It's a love square. We've completely forgotten about Matt's new house guest. Completely. Oh, have we gotten there yet? Uh, we are. Later? Episode three uh, is kind of when... It doesn't get. It doesn't start to get sexual though. No. For a while. No, it it, it does it does not. But it's it starts to become. The, somewhat, we should mention the introduction of what's her name? Is it Carolita? Uh, Carlotta is what I have written down. Carlotta. Yeah, and we also did not mention Matt Saracen's grandma buying a twenty four hundred dollar tiara. Yeah, it's a tough blow. I'm just kind of. <laughs> resigned to the fact that she's just gonna do whatever the heck she wants um but yeah uh matt has a uh i would guess it's a well not so much matt but grandma saracen now has like an in-home uh caregiver i don't i guess matt like didn't understand what he was asking for when he was like demanding an in-home caregiver yeah like he didn't realize it's like oh somebody's gonna be living here which I don't think that's actually how that works, but I don't feel like it is either. Usually it would be a situation where like Matt Harrison's grandma would be at a nursing home and the nursing home would staff 24 hour care. Yeah. But then Matt has to go to Oklahoma. Yes. But what I'm saying is, is that like, I don't know that there's a cheap option for like literally in home care. Yeah. I guess for providing room and board for well, especially if you don't have a room, like I don't know. But yeah, um, it, it definitely has not heated up between the two. But there's obviously little hints that yeah. they uh, might be a little bit into each other. And yeah. she's young, and you know Matt's still in high school. But you know the show yeah. doesn't really care about that. Yeah. Um, we talked about Lila's turn to Christianity. Um, Episode four leads off with a lot of that, so I think we'll may save some of that um, when she goes to the prison. But um, two more things: one, everyone's just annoyed at Smash now. Yeah, Smash hasn't been this way this whole like Saracen all of a sudden has a problem with Smash talking about himself and like talking to the media like I'm the best player on the team. I always thought that. Matt liked the fact that Smash just kind of took ownership of yeah. the media and the team. Because then he didn't have to do it. And I think he also, in season one, and maybe this is somewhat growth on Matt's part that like, oh, hey, I'm also pretty good. Maybe as a sophomore, when he was just stepping in, filling in for Street, that maybe he felt like, I'm not that great. So I yeah. really don't care if he talks about himself that much. Yeah. But he's like, hey, I have some self, self-worth. And, you I know. Any, he's, he has developed an ego a little bit. We I see mean, that more later in the season. Yeah. Um, and it's it's good like in a good way yeah he kind of i mean he he kind of acts out in terms of you know in in episode three when he attacks smash literally like just like starts fighting with him after a game which is just the reason why they were able to fire mcgregor by the way yeah and so just obviously like 
this whole football program is off the rails right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, they took away took away his captaincy. I don't think that bothered Matt. Matt said it didn't bother him, but maybe it did at some level. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I thought it was. I guess you got to have Smash and Matt going at it. But you know, eventually they do make up. Um, Jason Street. We didn't talk about him a whole lot, but uh, he had a little bit of a tough go of it here, um, just with meshing with the new coach and all that, and having trouble with his rehab, getting a little bit impatient. Uh, we only got one scene with Herc, which is disappointing. Where Herc was just like, "Look, you are not going to walk again. Yeah, you're right on track for about a year where you're getting restless about this, but it ain't going to happen." And should we get a scene with Herc? Am I skipping ahead to season episode four? Maybe I don't know. Uh, Herc. When did I write about Herc? No, it was yeah, no, it was episode three. Yeah, Herc trying to talk sense to Jason. Where was it? It was towards the beginning of episode three when you know Jason has that meeting with his doctor. That wasn't Herc. Well, no, Herc is not the one that he talks to somebody like else in the lobby. He talks to somebody else that's like, hey, you know, I heard about this thing in Mexico. Yeah, that's okay. not Herc. Okay, I was tr- that, that's where I thought you were going. With no, it? no, no, no. Okay, Herc is trying to talk him out of the miracle surgery. Yeah, is like you're gonna die if you do that, and Jason <laughs> doesn't listen to him. Um, and basically, this that plotline ends with, or at least for this block, with Street quitting the team after being called a mascot during the game by McGregor. Says I quit, and he goes to chew out Riggins, who he chewed out earlier in the episode. In a really dumb way. Jason chews out Riggins quite a bit. Yeah. Um and it's like I'm going to Mexico and I'm gonna you're gonna I'm gonna be walking the next time that you see me and then I'm gonna kick your ass and yada 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 and then Riggins like, huh, Mexico, huh? And <laughs> Mexico, you say? <laughs> Mexico, huh? Interesting. Um and they end up going to Mexico together. But I will say, I wanna add this real quick. Um actually, you know what? No, I'm gonna save that take for next week. Ooh, little little tease. I'm gonna let that one in the business. I'm gonna let that one uh, cook a little bit more. Let that one marinate. Give that, yeah, give that one a little bit more time in the oven. But um, yeah, I, I think that's probably the end of our extra points. I think we covered every major character um, and where they are on the board at this point. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was it was. It is not completely off the rails at this point in time. Like it's at this point in time, it appears salvageable i think i don't know i think it's pretty close to being kind of very stupid but i mean it's going to end there i know yeah but maybe i know like just knowing how it ends like i'm just yeah maybe clouding it a little bit and me not knowing how it ends is clouding my thought process but um yeah it wasn't like there was only one time where i was like that's just lazy like dialogue writing and it was what did eric say i think he was talking to saracen in the grocery store and was like come come by see the kid like talking about his own infant yeah come on see it <laughs> like, <laughs> come, come check yeah, it out sometime <laughs> it's like, like he's talking about his new car or something or like his 50 inch flat screen like <laughs> i don't know it was a little like yeah come by see the kid i don't which i thought was a little bit lazy on the writer's part but um, it was just very awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. No, that whole... I mean, they had to get those two on the screen again in the first three episodes. Um, but I don't know. You want to do awards? You want anything else? Let's do some awards. Um, 
we want to start with MVP, I guess. Let's do it. So there's a couple of different options that we could go for here. Um, I'm going to float out a couple candidates, and you feel free to add anybody or, or tell me what you think. I, I think it's probably either Landry or Glenn. For MVP? Yeah. Interesting. One com- one committed murder and the other's Glenn. <laughs> so, well, I mean, let's let's talk through it here. Um, it's not Tyra, probably. She didn't really... I mean, she wasn't bad or anything, but I don't think... I, I do want to say, we've been saying murder a lot. Landry was acting in self-defense, and he was killing a guy... I just feel like I, I don't want to like make it come off that like Landry did this bad thing. Like he's a hero and he saved Tyra. Like I do want to make that perfectly clear. Like, we we're on the same page with that, but it's it's more fun to say murder. <laughs> like it's a fun word. Like what what else? What is it called when you kill somebody in self defense? Is there like a quick catchy name for that? Should be <laughs> like <laughs> like it's not manslaughter. I don't know. I don't know. And, and, yeah. Um, I think it's, I mean, let's go through the other characters. If you don't think it's Landry or Glenn, uh, it's not coach Taylor. It's not buddy. It's not Tim. It's certainly not Julie. Um, it's not Mac McGill. It's not Riggins. It's not street. It's not Lila. What Tammy? Are we, are we just completely discrediting her? I feel like Tammy made some mistakes. What? She punished her daughter for... She slapped her daughter in the face. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta discipline the kid. Every now and then. <laughs> uh, Tammy was a little bit off the rails, and it was not her fault. Um, She's raising a newborn by herself. And her I hus- just said it was not her fault. Her husband's in a different listen, city coaching college football and dealing with we gave Antoine t- Beltran. We gave Tammy quite a bit of credit in season one I, I i we gave her the mvp more often than not in season one i think i would not i think giving it to this is like if if you know um, is she now lebron like, i'm we trying to think yeah like the mvp award anymore yeah it's like in 2016 like you know i'm sure the cleveland cavaliers broadcast gave out a player of the game every single game for you know, the Cavs and every single game, it should have been LeBron, but you know what? Sometimes, uh, you know, Kevin love scored 24 points in the second half. So they gave it to Kevin love. Gotcha. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, okay. No, like I'm, sometimes I'm okay Tristan Thompson had 16 rebounds. So Tristan Thompson got to be player of the game. Glenn never entered my mind as an MVP candidate though. And I want to hear your rationale. I don't even remember why I wrote that down to be honest with you right now. Um, I mean, he was just, I thought he was funny and like made good points. Yeah. I, again, I think it was a, a pretty tough field. And again, yeah, I mean, again, in Landry's a candidate because he murdered somebody for the woman that he loves. Who was in self defense. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> this isn't a, did you watch you on Netflix last year? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah like it's not that kind of a situation where he's like murdering for the one that he, for the one that he loves, but in cold blood, <laughs> I'm very excited for season two. I know it's coming out. Yeah. That's kind of why I'm waiting to put out my, my top 10 list. I want to see if it cracks it. Can we start our you podcast? <laughs> I don't want to read the book. We don't have to read the book. Oh, you got, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if season two is a book or not. This is a, uh, we're, we're getting off track. Uh, so is it, is it Landry? Let's go Landry. Okay. LVP. There's a few different ways we could take this. <laughs> I have two names written down. You have two. Yeah. Go, you go ahead. Julie and Tim very interesting i have julie i have three names written down 
is Tim also kind of in the same vein as like Tammy? That just like he's becoming like, yeah, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> we got to give it to somebody else. <laughs> um, I think Julie was worse than Tim. My other two names are McGregor. Um, for the I really didn't like how he treated Street. I'm pretty offended by it, honestly. And then. <laughs> We have to clarify that, like, is or is not Mike the Rapist eligible for this award? I don't know if we gave him an LVP last season because he just wasn't enough. Yeah, like, but so like, if think, he's eligible, he's the LVP. I think it is implied that he's awful. <laughs> like, yeah, we don't, you know, I, I think we can go ahead and say that he's not eligible and then have a conversation about Julie or Tim. Ooh, LVP, first time candidate. Long time listener. <laughs> what? The writers. Oh, the writers. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I think we need to wait until a little bit later. Wait and see. Yeah, wait and see. Or the replacement writers. Okay. I guess. I don't know. I tried to Google, you know, figure out at what point in time the writers just quit, and I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. I don't know if that's somewhere on the internet. Maybe, do some half ass. Maybe we need to do a little bit. I, I did the half ass, and I couldn't find it. we got to go the full-ass internet research and uh, and see if we can figure it out. But... Uh, make your case for Riggins. I mean, I, it's kind of like some of the reason why I think Tim is really good in this block is just because it's just classic Tim Riggins. Yeah. It's right in his wheelhouse. Um, but I don't like the way that he continues to treat. Oh, and I don't like the way that he continues to treat Lila. Like I, cause I'm kind of under the impression that he literally is just using Jesus to try to get, like with Lila again, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. But also like, he's just like, you know, he's just in a way, I'm not trying to say like he should be punished for like basically self-destructing and like drinking a lot and just kind of overall being a bad person. Like I get that he has a lot of issues and there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. Yeah. Um, it's mostly the Lila thing. And I think also part of it is just, <sighs> In a way, I think that he could have, and obviously it destroys an entire season two plot line, but of all the people, I wish he would have not enabled Jason to go to Mexico. I think it would have been a good growing moment for him to be like, hey, maybe we don't go to Mexico. I mean, he says this, and we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but he essentially says, I didn't think, I thought we'd just go to Mexico and party for a week. Like I didn't think Jason would actually go through with trying to have the surgery. Yeah. Um, so in that respect, I'm willing to cut him some slack. I just feel like it was, it was like kind of, he got teed up to like be a good friend and not a good friend, but just like be the best friend that Jason needs and be like, give him some tough love. Like, Hey man, like, you know, don't do this. Don't do this crazy thing going to Mexico and risking your life or, you know, or at the very least, just like wasting your money on on an experimental surgery. I mean, he did step up and do that in the next block. Just essentially just wish it would have happened sooner, but then they wouldn't have gotten to go on the booze cruise. That's true. I don't know. Um, I think it's Julie. I think Julie has zero redeemable moments at all in these three episodes um she's out until two in the morning while her mom's dealing with an infant by herself um, <laughs> she tells the sweet tells to her- drive off as like her mom's <laughs> banging on the car and the sweet's like no <laughs> he's like oh i forgot you're younger <laughs> 
He's like, I'm 24. I will go to prison if I kidnap you right now. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm not driving away. Um, she's just, she's horrible. I mean, the things that she says to her mom throughout this entire season, really, they're just, they're, it's despicable. She's the worst version of a teenage girl. Yeah. Like, in breaking Matt Saracen's heart for no good reason. That's her biggest fault. Only then to crawl back to him at a certain point. Um, It just, no, I, I think, I think. I would, I would, I, my vote is full force behind Julie. All right. But I'm with I also have the benefit of, I watched the next three episodes within the last, uh, you know, 24 hours. So I have a little bit more context on where Tim's head is than you do uh, at this point. But do we have any other awards? I already talked about the, uh, cringy pop culture. Yeah. I mean, I, we do bad there, football logic. There is another cringy pop culture, pop culture, pop culture reference candidate when, uh, What's the football player's name? Antoine. Antoine Beltrain. Beltrain is, I guess, going to a Justin Timberlake concert, and he's like, "That white boy has some moves," or whatever he says. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a it dates out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, when was the Super Bowl? The Justin Timberlake Super Bowl? Oh three, oh four. It's pretty kind of at the peak of Justin Timberlake's powers, like of being like a pop megastar. Yeah. Because that was like probably... And I feel like he's very relevant still. It's He's pretty incredible. Yeah, but like this was like the run he was having with just music and like being a solo guy. Yeah. Doing Saturday Night Live. He's pretty close to doing Social Network. Yeah. Um, social Network's probably top of the game, I guess, in terms of acting. Apex Mountain. <laughs> I don't know. I can't... Like, I know he's a musician. I, don't, I can't name any of his albums. Can you? I don't, I don't know. Um... There's one with the forest. I know that, like deep in the forest. I don't. Yeah. I'm uh, our our, our uh, former OU Daily colleague Derek Peterson's probably screaming at his computer right now. Or is iPhone. he a big Timberlake? He's fan? a big Timberlake guy. Um, Interesting. But anyway, Justin Timberlake discography, Justified, 2020 experience. There's not that many. What am I? I don't think I'm looking at the right thing. Oh, rock your body, Senorita. Yeah. Oh, bring sexy back. Yeah. yeah. No, popular guy for sure, no doubt. He's up there. <laughs> he's, I think he's gonna make it. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, think, I think he's gonna be all right. Um, no monologue of the week that I could think of. No. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, Eric Taylor NCAA infractions meeting. Yeah, kind of a monologue. It was. It wasn't that long though. He really did. He only talked for like twenty seconds, I think. Well, it felt but, longer. Yeah, it was just like, look, we're gonna make this kid miserable for the next year, or you could send him on his own. Like, yeah. pick. You only had three games, so. Um, but yeah, I guess that was probably the closest thing to it. That was kind of a weird scene though, because like he almost interrupted Antoine. Yeah. Like Antoine was kind of doing pretty good, honestly. Eric's like, and whoa, Eric, whoa, whoa. And Eric like stands up and is just like. I'm going to finish this. <laughs> like, all right, kid, you've had enough. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to, I think that does it, right? I think that does it. Is there anything else? Uh, I'm skimming through my notes here. Let's see if there's anything else uh, that we want to talk about. But yeah, just uh, the last stuff that I want to leave with, I guess, is that I, I really don't care whether or not Landry finds his watch. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about the, uh, the Clark heirloom. It's, it's really <laughs> stupid. 
<laughs> there's a lot of a lot of dumb things that were written into the season so all right that does it for uh, another episode of taylor made make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review on apple podcasts you can get taylor made on all major podcast platforms we'll be back again next week for spencer davis my name is joe bettner clear eyes full hearts cannot lose